Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of It Starts With Attraction. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing ItStartsWithAttraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to ItStartsWithAttraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. How can you deal with conflict in your relationship in a healthy way? And what can you do when you receive criticism? That's the question that we're going to be answering on today's Ask Me Anything. This comes from Rochelle. I think it's Rochelle because it has a fun little thing over the A, but maybe it's Rachel. But we're going to say Rochelle anyway, because that's super fun. This question comes from Rochelle and she says, how can I deal with a conflict in a relationship in a healthy way? And what is the key to saying and accepting criticism in a good way? Hey, my name is Kimberly Beam Holmes, and this is It Starts With Attraction, where we discuss how to become the most attractive that you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, or as us insiders call it, the pies. You can become more attractive to others and most importantly, to yourself. We will teach you how. Let's dive in. The misconception that many people have about conflict is that if you have it in a relationship, it's a bad thing. Conflict at its core is when two people don't agree about something. Now, the way that that conflict is handled is what is important. It's not the fact that two people disagree. In fact, if you look at the research, according to the Gottman Institute that comes out of Washington, then we know that most of the things when it comes to couples, most of the things that couples disagree about are never going to be resolved, which goes to say that doesn't mean that all the wrong people got married. It means that when you put two people together that are independent creatures that have their own likes, own wishes, and own desires, that there's never going to be perfection. There's never going to be complete harmony between those two people. This is encouraging because on the other side of this is, okay, if there's never going to be a hundred percent agreement on every single thing, then what does that mean? That means the disagreement is normal, it's healthy, and when you have conflict, it shows that both people feel secure enough in the relationship to voice their real opinions. Now, the negative part of conflict is when it starts into an attacking type of behavior where defensiveness comes out, contempt, criticism, stonewalling, all of those things that are negative when it comes to handling conflict. What you The worst thing that can happen when conflict comes up is that you become defensive and you start throwing your own opinion and your own point of view in the other person's face. They then do the same for you. And then you become in a gridlock that you can never move on from. On top of that, now you've hurt each other's feelings because you've yelled at each other. You've blamed each other for things. You've said things you didn't mean. And all of a sudden, now this is a topic that not only do you not want to talk about this again, but you're scared to even come back and talk about anything you disagree about because you can't move past the way you treat each other and you can't move past the gridlock. That is why conflict is unhealthy. It's not because of the disagreement. It's because of what we do when we disagree with another person. It's the way we treat them. Because for some reason in our humanity, in the way that we're wired, we we believe that we can talk someone into or coerce someone into or fight someone into 
seeing our side and getting our way from that. But it doesn't work. It pushes the other person further away and it's not a healthy way to deal with conflict. So let me explain this with a story. My husband and I should probably be the poster children for conflict in our relationship. The reason I say that is because both of us already have personality temperaments that are very strong-willed and not conflict avoidant, basically meaning that both of us will absolutely address conflict head on. That doesn't mean I love conflict. It doesn't mean he loves conflict, but we would rather hash it out and figure it out than not talk about the conflict at all. Not everyone is like that. There are definitely people who would rather crawl in a corner and hide than have to say anything about disagreeing with someone else because they just really love peace. They really don't like conflict. All of that being said, this is a lot of information for you, but all of that being said is that even for the people who in their temperament, in their personality temperament, don't want to address conflict, it is healthy for them to learn how to be able to speak that. And for the people who love conflict, who are not scared of conflict, it's important for them to learn how to speak into conflict without pushing the other person away and thus making the situation worse. So now that we understand that, going back to my husband and I, both of us tend to approach conflict very quickly because that is our personality temperament. So I said we could be the poster children for conflict because it is very often, I mean, we fight quite a lot. I don't see that as a negative thing in our relationship. He does not either because we have learned how to disagree and still respect each other. Do we do this perfectly all the time? No, but we continue to do it better every single time. So at the beginning of our marriage, when we would fight, oh my goodness, I mean, things were said that were hurtful, that were terrible. We were pulling everything from the past and throwing it in the other person's face. And and it wasn't productive because we weren't getting to the core of our issues. Now, what we have learned through our years of fighting is that the best thing that we can do is number one, address the conflict with I feel statements. When this happened, I would even say that as opposed to when you did this, when this happened, I felt blank. I f- and, and insert the emotion that you felt, sad, hurt, brokenhearted, disrespected, overlooked, unappreciated, whatever it might be, and then tell why. And typically, It's going to relate to something from your past. It reminded me of when I was a kid and my parents would never listen to me and they just told me to shut up and only do what they wanted me to do. And therefore, when when you said shut up to me, that's what it reminded me of. And it took me to that place and I felt super overlooked and unappreciated and like I didn't matter. So this could be an example. So then you're addressing the conflict, but you're not doing it in a way that is likely to lead to defensiveness. And instead it's trying to soften the situation and bring in why this is an important subject to you. And then from there, ideally your partner would hear you listen to that. And then you would be able to move forward to getting to what the core issue is and moving forward. That doesn't mean you're going to agree, but learning to compromise is what is key here. So one of the common things that my husband and I continue to disagree about in our house is household chores. 
when they should be done, who should do what, when it should happen, how fast it should happen, all of those things. I have a certain expectation and thought in my mind. My husband has a certain expectation and thought in his mind. And we, I mean, this is just something we don't click on. We just don't click on it. So at first it was, I did all the wrong things. Why are you not helping out more? Why are you not doing this? Why are you only taking the trash down by the garage door? Why aren't you taking it out to the trash can, right? All of these things, which is very attacking, very critical. But the underlying issue is, is not what he's doing. We need to talk about the household chores. We need to talk about what's going on and what a plan could be, how we can compromise moving forward. So after months, especially after 2020, after months of of this kind of always being the thing we went back and forth on, what we both had to realize is that we are going to tend to see what we do more than what the other person does on both of our sides. We both had the same complaint. We both felt like we were doing more than the other person, which statistically is impossible, but we both felt like we were doing more than the other person and the other person wasn't appreciative of what we were doing. And so here's what it ultimately had to come down to. We were never going to agree on what should be done and when. What we did have to learn to agree on was to simply ask for help without accusation. And so for me, At first, I thought that meant that I could just go into a room and say, hey, could you help me keep the house clean? He would hear, yeah, I can do that in general. What I was actually asking was, could you help me clean the kitchen right now? I should have been more specific in my words. So then I would get frustrated because I was in there cleaning and he was in there playing with the kids. And and so what we had to learn is is from that, I would go to him and say, hey, I asked for help oh, I didn't know you were asking for help because this is what I heard. Then he said to me, in the future, could you be specific? And then I have to take that and do it. And so that is how compromise starts to happen. I have to learn, even though it's not in my nature to go and ask for help in the moment. I I typically want to be very independent and get it done, but then I end up being resentful about it later. So even though it's not in my nature, I know what I need to do is go and ask him for help and realize he may not be able to help me on my timetable, but at least if I am specific in what I need and not accusatory in how I ask him, I can trust that it's going to be done. So how do you deal with conflict in a relationship in a healthy way? You address it without attacking, by listening, and by getting to the core issue. And then the second part of this is, and what is the key to saying and accepting criticism in a good way? As opposed to the word criticism, I would use the word feedback. The first thing that you want to do is ask permission to share feedback with another person. So before just laying it on them out of nowhere, ask, hey, would you mind if I shared some thoughts with you I had about this situation I saw earlier, or earlier when I saw you painting the wall, I I realized that I had some ideas and some things that I learned. Do you mind if I share that with you? So you always want to ask permission first. That is the most ideal way. And then from there, what's really most ideal is if you knew how your this other person would want to receive feedback. But even if you don't know, then understand that your tone matters looking at them in the eye matters, having a really soft and calm tone of voice, not criticizing them. 
That's why I don't like the word, how do you accept criticism or say criticism? Criticism in and of itself is you're attacking a person for something they have done. It's not what you want to do. If you're offering feedback, then you're sharing something that you believe is of value to help them take it or leave it. You're not trying to control them into doing it. You're simply offering a piece of advice. So the feedback could be if it was painting a wall, as an example, you know, one of the things I learned is doing it from the top down. I know nothing about painting a wall. I'm the worst to get feedback on it, but doing it from the top down and using this kind of pressure on the stroke is really what actually helps the paint to really get on thick and, and to spread in the best way possible without being streaky. So I thought that maybe you would want to try that. So doing it in a way that's not so confrontational and the person's not going to feel like you are attacking what they are doing. If it's in a way that a person has responded to you. So maybe you want to share feedback with someone on a way that they treated you. So one way you could do that, let's say that you had a friend who hung up on you. You got in a disagreement and they hung up on you. Then perhaps you don't do it right then. Maybe you let things cool and later that day or the next day you give them a call and you say, hey, could I share some things with you from yesterday? Or could I, could I share something with you that I wanted to let you know? Yesterday, when you, when we were having that conversation and then you abruptly hung up on me, that really hurt me. And I am sorry if I have done anything or had done anything up until that in order to make you angry, but I would ask you in the future, if you would please talk to me instead of hanging up on me, because we can work through anything together. So you want to be specific in the feedback that you give of what the situation was and what you would have wanted to be different about it, because that is how it's going to be productive. So when you're sharing feedback, that's the way to do it. And in terms of accepting feedback from other people, realize that just because someone says it to you doesn't mean you have to do anything about it. It doesn't mean that you have to change. It doesn't mean you have to even agree with what they say. However, what I would encourage you to do is when someone is, first of all, if someone's criticizing you, you have every right to say, I really want to hear what you have to say to me. I would appreciate you saying it in a more respectful manner. But if someone is simply sharing something with you that, that hurt them or that they think you have an opportunity to grow in, they're giving you feedback, say thank you. And take some time to actually mull over what they have said to you, but you don't have to give a response in that moment. You can simply say, thank you. Or if you want to know more about what they have to say as they're sharing it, you can say, tell me more. You are not obligated to do anything other than those two things. I hope this is helpful in learning and understanding some positive ways to deal with conflict and how to handle criticism, or as I would prefer to say it, feedback, and can help you in having better conversations with the people in your lives. Friends, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Remember to go and subscribe to this podcast and leave an honest review. I love to hear from you guys. So be sure to go and do that. And it will also help more people find the podcast as well. You can always find out more information by going to itstartswithattraction.com for show notes, for updates, and to join the email list so that every Friday you can get an encouraging email that specifically tells you what you can do to work on your pies so that you can become the best that you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. Until next week, keep working on your pies and stay strong.